0: Welcome to Your Change, a broadcast aimed at revealing grace and empowering transformation. Through the revelation of God's undeserved, unearned, and unmerited favor, we are committed to helping you make better changes in life, for life. I want to sort of continue sharing on the message that I last preached here when we're talking about trust. When we were talking about trust, and um, last time I shared on a message that I titled, It Pays to Trust God. Amen. It Pays to What? It Pays to Trust God. And this morning, I want to share on the same title, but part two of it, It Pays to Trust God. Somebody says, It Pays to Trust God. Oh, I want you to say like you mean it. It pays to trust God. Now, when, whenever we talk about trust, <coughs> trust is one of those fundamentals of our Christian faith. Trust is one of those primary things that every believer ought to have. Trust is an essential. Trust is not an option in your Christian journey. But trust, rather should I say, it is an essential, it is a demand. It's something that you cannot say, I'll choose to trust God whenever I want. The whole fabric of our Christian faith centers around trusting God. It centers around trusting God. And, uh, And last time we tried to zero in on the benefit of trusting God. According to the book of Isaiah, I remember if Isaiah chapter number 26, verse number 3 and 4, uh, where Isaiah was writing and he was saying, you'll keep him in perfect peace whose mind is steadfast or whose mind is stayed on you. In other words, whose mind is focused on the Lord. That's the kind of a person the Bible says God will keep that person in, not just in peace, but in perfect peace. So we looked at the benefit of trusting God, that when you trust God, you are kept by the Lord. There's a blessing of being kept by the Lord. You keep Him, you guard Him in perfect peace. You you protect Him in in perfect peace. The one whose mind is stayed on you. But now this morning, I want to just bring to you what I can call maybe... The principle of trust, the principle of trust is based on the scripture that I'm going to be sharing this morning on uh, the book of Hebrews, chapter number 10, verse number 35. Hebrews, chapter number 10, verse number 35. I want to deal with uh, the principle of trust. Now, Hebrews, chapter number 10, verse 35. I'm going to go through a number of translations, but I'll start with the NIV version like on the screen. And maybe we'll jump over to the new King James Version. And then perhaps I will go through a few other visions that I do have here. Hebrews chapter number 10, verse 10, number 35. It says, do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. Do not throw away what? Your confidence. It will be richly Rewarded. Let's go to the New King James Version. It says, Therefore, do not cast away your confidence. The other version says, Do not throw away. This one is saying, Do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Do not cast away your confidence. Which has great reward. I don't know if you've got the amplified version. Amplified version says, Do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence, for it has a glorious and a great reward. Uh, it, it feels like it's stepping up, isn't it? Yeah. Do not throw away your confidence. NIV. You King James version. Do not cast away your confidence. Amplified version, do not fling away your fearless confidence, for it has a glorious and a great reward. Another translation called the New Century Version it says, So do not lose the courage you had in the past, which has a great reward. Do not lose your courage. Do not lose the courage that you had in the past. And the reason being that it is a great reward. If you lose that courage, that means you're going to forfeit your reward. Am I talking to somebody this morning? The American Senate Version, ASV, it says, Cast not away, therefore, your boldness which is a great recompense of reward. Do not cast away your boldness. Now, going back to the first translation, which is the NIV that we read, which says, do not throw away your confidence. Now, as we were going through these different translations, you come to realize that different translators, they were using different words to speak about the same thing for confidence, some were saying courage. Others were not using courage, but they were using the word boldness. So, we cannot talk of confidence and not talk of courage. We cannot talk of courage and not talk of boldness. Do you have a witness in the house? I want you to remember it pays to what? It pays to trust God. Another translation that I came across that I like so much Um, it's called Expanded New Testament Translation it says do not throw away therefore your confidence which is such of a nature that it is a great recompense of reward there is a confidence that is connected to reward or rather should I say there is a direct correlation there is a direct relationship between confidence and reward. There is a direct connection between confidence and reward. Now, the principle of trust that I want to speak about this morning, it says confidence determines what you get. Confidence it determines what you get. I'm sure in here we can all agree, at one point you have attended or you were invited to an interview. Amidst the number of things that you need for the interview, the one thing that you cannot afford not to have is confidence. You may know and recite your script You may know and study the values of the organization that you're going to the interview for. But if you lack confidence, it will affect the outcome. Why? Because confidence determines what you get. Somebody say confidence determines what you get not only in interviews, but those who have ventured into business. You can get advice from best friends, from the close relatives. But when it comes to doing the actual business, it's going to demand confidence. Why? Because what you get is determined by the level or the degree of your confidence. So if you've got low confidence, it's likely to affect what you're going to get or what you're entitled because you lack confidence. Confidence determines what you get. It determines what you get. Now, this is a principle that applies in every area of your life. Most importantly, it's a principle that applies in our Christian faith. If you lack confidence in your prayers it will affect what you get. One writer says, this is the confidence that we have in God. That when we pray, we know that God hears us. And if he has heard our prayers, then we have received what we've asked from God. But it started with what? With confidence. This is the confidence that we have. But Hebrews chapter number 1035, it is saying, do not throw away your confidence for it is a great reward. Do not throw away your confidence, it is a great reward. Confidence is an expression of trust. You cannot say you trust someone if you don't have confidence in them. Dequan, can I ask you to come? Can, can I just try to illustrate? All right, Deacon, Deacon, busy. Do you mind coming? Let's 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 increase the the power. Do you see what has happened? Because of what you said, the confidence that I had in him actually decreased. But when I called them the two, the confidence is what has increased. Now, if I stand up here, gentlemen, I'm, you must not make your pastor fall. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll limit the risk You can come closer to each other I'll try and form <coughs> Now when I say I trust these two men That even when I'm about to fall They will catch me What that means is I have confidence in who, in who. I have confidence in them Do you get what I'm saying? But if I had... (laughs) Thank you so much. But if I had no confidence in them, boy, that would have been a different story. And the writer is saying, cast not away your confidence. You must not get to a point where you lose your confidence. Why? Because confidence determines what you get. It determines what you get. But whenever we talk about trust, especially in relation to God, trust is what is expected of you. Right? Trust is the part that you play. But God's part is that he must prove himself to be trustworthy. Can I repeat that? Whenever we are talking about trust or confidence in God, trust is your part. It's you who is expected to put your trust in God. But in order for you to put your trust in God, God must reveal and prove himself that he is what? That he is trustworthy. But he is the part that I like with our God. God will not start to ask you to trust him before he proves himself to be trustworthy. Am I talking to somebody in the house? God will not ask you to say, trust me. You know, us as men, we do that. Uh, you know, you, you haven't proved yourself to be trustworthy. But you go to people and say, uh, trust me. And, anybody has been there? When people are demanding to trust, for you to trust them, they haven't proved themselves that they are what? That they are trustworthy. But the difference between men and God is that God proves himself to be trustworthy before he asks you to trust him. Why? Because whenever we talk about trust, trust addresses the core of God's nature. Trust addresses the core or the heart of God's nature. So for God to say, come and trust me, in other words, God is saying, you need to place your confidence in my character. Rely on my character. You can lean on my nature. Why? Because I am trustworthy. Imagine to somebody in the house. Somebody say confidence determines what you get. So that means every time you trust God, you are affirming that God is who he says to be. Every time you place your trust in God, you are affirming that God is exactly who he said he is. Can I slow down on that one? I really want you to get this this morning. I really want you to get because this. This is one of the fundamentals of your Christian faith. Now, Whenever God says, trust me in the area of healing, what God is saying, he is saying, place your confidence in me, the healer. Because his character or his nature is that he is the healer. So whenever he says, trust me in the area of healing, it is because God is the healer. Whenever you trust God in the areas where you need him to help you, you are actually affirming that God is your helper. Whenever you trust that God will deliver you, you are affirming that God is the deliverer. Whenever you trust that God is going to provide for you, you actually are actually affirming that God is the provider. Why? Because trust addresses the core of God's nature. Whenever you trust that God will bless you, you are affirming that God is the blesser. So whenever things are chaotic and there's confusion in life and you you the scripture is calling you to trust In the peace of God, you are actually affirming that God is the peace. That Jehovah is Jehovah Shalom. Why? Because trust addresses the core of God's nature. In other words, trust addresses or it affirms God's identity. That's what trust does. You're placing your reliance, your your confidence in a person. So that means the opposite is actually true. Every time we lack trust in God, it's a direct attack on God's nature. Because where God is saying, I am your healer, and when we fail to trust in the God who heals, What that is saying is saying that God, you are not who you say you are. You say you are the healer, but I don't trust that you are the healer. Therefore, I'm lacking what? I'm lacking trust. When God says, I'm going to be your provider, but then when I'm lacking, when I lack trust in God, all I'm saying is that God, you cannot deal with this one. So, trust it trust affirms the identity of God. I'm standing up and I'm saying, God, you are who you say you are. You are my provider. Therefore, I'm going to trust you. You are the you you, you are the provider. Therefore, I'm going to trust you. You are the healer. Therefore, I'm going to trust you. You are the door. Therefore, I'm going to trust in the opportunities that come from you. Because that is exactly who you are in my life. And I'm saying to you this morning, confidence in this God will determine what you get from him. Cast not away your confidence, for it is a great reward. For it is a great reward. Now, let me show you two scriptures that I want to use as a reference. That points to the significance of confidence in the scripture. If you don't mind going to the book of Joshua chapter number 1. I want verse number 6 but I will read from verse number 1. Joshua chapter number 1. I will read from verse number 1 to verse number 6. Remember when we read the Hebrew chapter number 10. The different translators were using different words for confidence. Others were using what? Boldness. Others are using the word courage. Now here's what the word of God says in in Joshua number one. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses ate. Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people, that's about 2.6 to 3 million people that Joshua was leading. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. Verse number three. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon and from the great river Euphrates. All the Yittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the West. No one will be able to stand against you all the days, not some days. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Hold on there. Hold on there. verse number five. Now God is speaking to Joshua. Can you see the assurance that God is giving to Joshua? I'm going to give you the promised land. Every place that your foot is going to tread upon, I have given it to you. As I was with Moses, I shall be with you. So in other words, Joshua is being assured of the presence of God. Joshua is being assured of every promise that God gave to Moses and saying you know what since Moses my servant has died the promises haven't died the promises are transferable I'm transferring them to you Joshua but remember in the same way that I was with Moses so shall I be with you so Joshua had no problem of the presence of God but watch verse number 6 where the difference comes in Verse number six, it says, Be strong and courageous. Now, this is the person who's got the presence of God. But on top of the presence, God says, Joshua, be strong and courageous. In other words, have confidence. The reason why, Joshua, you need confidence, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give to them. Confidence determines what you get. Joshua had the presence of God, but if he lacked courage, am I talking to someone in the house? Joshua had the con he had the presence of God, he had the promises of God. But God was saying to him, Inasmuch as I've given you my presence, you need confidence. Because if you lack confidence, you are not going to be able to lead these people to get what I have promised them. Because confidence determines what you get. I'm a firm believer of the New Testament position. The New Testament position, or the New Covenant position, it says a believer who has accepted Christ as a personal Savior, that Christ lives in you. So, whenever we talk of the presence of God, I believe that we cannot even put you in the same rank with Moses. Because for you, God decided to come and live inside of you. Mm. But do you know that with God inside of you, with the God whom John says, greater is he, who lives in you than the one who is in the world. Do you know that if you lack confidence, you will be defeated in life with God who is greater than everything that is outside, inside of you. If you lack what? Confidence. Why? Because confidence determines what you get. I don't know how I can push this. I really want you to get this morning. Confidence in your Christian faith determines what you get. That's trust. That is that is trust. That is trust. Confidence determines what you get. So if your confidence is low in the God, it doesn't matter how much you shout in the prayer. Can I repeat that? To Fire the people. I'm saying to you, if you lack confidence in the God that you're praying to it will affect what you get. What you need is confidence in God. Because confidence is what determines what you get. That is important. So for Joshua, God is saying to him, I have put everything in place for you to get and to possess the land of Canaan. But be strong and courageous. If if, if, if I was Joshua, I would have said, God, you have given me your presence. That's enough. But God is saying, no, it's not enough. On your part, I want you to be strong and courageous. And the simple reason that I want you to go home with is that confidence determines what you get. Hebrews chapter number 4, verse 16. Let's, let's read from verse number 14 so that we can have the context. From verse number 14. Therefore, since we have a great high priest, we has ascended into heaven. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every area just as we are. Yet he did not what? He did not sin. Verse number 16. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with what? With what? Let us therefore approach God's throne of grace with confidence. Reason so that we may get, we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of needs. Confidence determines what you get. So if you lack the confidence to approach the throne of grace, you are going to struggle to find grace and mercy that you need in the time of need. Are you, are you understanding what I'm sharing to you? Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with confidence. The reason reason we need confidence to approach that throne is so that we may find grace and receive mercy to help us in our time of need. There are a number of scriptures that I could bring to your attention. Example, Esther. His people were just maybe one minute away from being destroyed completely but Esther needed the confidence to approach the king with her request she needed confidence if she lacked confidence I tell you the whole of the Jews would have been destroyed completely but Esther had to had to gather confidence to approach the king with her request It demands confidence. Nehemiah, when he heard about the destruction of Jerusalem, the broken down walls and the gates which were burned, Nehemiah needed confidence to approach the king and make a request. That can I have some time off? I want to go and address the situation back home. Confidence. Confidence determines what you get. If Nehemiah, had Nehemiah lacked confidence to approach the king, I tell you, Nehemiah would not have been the reformer for Jerusalem. He would not have gone to rebuild the walls. It needed what? It needed confidence from him. David, the young man, is sent by his dad to look after his brothers and give a report to check on how they are doing out there. And bring a report. But when he got there, he found Goliath insulting the army of the Lord. And he found his brothers and the entire army of Israel running away, backsliding. Frightened by this man called Goliath. But the difference that you find in this young boy is that David had confidence in his God. God. That's why even in his approach to Goliath, he says to him, you are coming against me with a sword and arrow. But as for me, I'm coming against you in the name of the Lord of Host. Why? Because his confidence was not in the arrow. His confidence was not in the sling. His confidence was in the Lord. Your confidence determines what you get. So pastor, what what, what do we need to do? What, what, what then do we need to do? Hebrews 10 verse 35, he says, cast not away. Do not throw away your confidence. That that means there is, there is an acknowledgement that they had the confidence. Let me illustrate it to you. Do you mind coming back? Do you mind? I'm giving you this Bible. He's got the Bible in his hands. Now, if I'm going to come to Deacon Manchips and say to him, do not throw away the Bible, I'm acknowledging that he is there because I cannot ask him to throw away something that he doesn't have. So when the writer in Hebrews is saying, cast not away your confidence, he, he is acknowledging that they already have the confidence in them. But because of the pressures of life, the writer comes in and says, do not throw away what you have in your hands. Because what you have in your hands is going to determine what you're going to get. For this confidence, it has a great reward. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence. Thank you. And on that note, I've come to understand that. The challenge in our Christian faith is not a challenge of getting. It is a challenge of keeping. I said the challenge that we have in our Christian faith is not a challenge of getting things from God. The real struggle is keeping. Do not throw away! Do not cast away your conviction. You've got it already. You've got it already. Therefore, do not lose it. That's why when you come to the book of Genesis, the real test in the Garden of Eden, it was not a test of getting dominion. The real test was the test of keeping dominion. Retaining dominion. That was the real test in the Garden of Eden. test in israel (coughs) was not a test of getting blessed but it was a test of keeping the blessing that's the real test in our christian faith the real test in the early church it was not getting the gospel but it was keeping the true gospel that that is where the real test was the real test in the church at Ephesus, it was not receiving love or getting love; it was keeping the first love. That—that that is the real test. Now, this is a principle that 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 applies everywhere in our lives. Has anybody gone on a mission to lose weight? Praise the Lord! Once you put your mind, losing weight is not so much of a struggle. It's keeping it. It's keeping that small weight that you've lost. That is the struggle. You are tempted to go back to that chocolate so easily. You are tempted to pass through McDonald's so easily. It's the keeping. That is the real struggle. I'm not saying losing weight is is, is that easy. But when you compare it to keeping the weight, keeping it is not that easy. That's why you find a lot of people, they, want, they lose weight, but in no time, they bounce back. That's why you find that in your life, to those who are going to school, it's not so much of a struggle to open a book, but a retaining what's inside the book so that you can apply it in the exam room. That is where the challenge is. Can you keep what you've read? I've seen so many people go through pages and pages and then after that you ask them, so what have you read? Um, uh, let me read again. The issue is on retention is on can we keep what we've managed to get? A lot of us in here we can all agree. Yes, shift is difficult, but let me tell you, getting money is not that difficult. it's keeping it. Because at some point in your life you're getting something. But the real struggle is what? Even at church level, let me tell you, getting new people to walk into a church is not difficult. Membership retention. That is where the real struggle is at. Even at a relationship level, getting into marriage is not difficult. It's keeping. Am, Am I talking to somebody? Imagining things that are real in the house. Having children is one of the easiest things. Amen. Finished. It's keeping them. It's what? It's keeping them. It's keeping them. Pastor, why are you saying all these things? The issue is not about getting confidence, it's about keeping confidence. And what I like about confidence is that your confidence will be tested. Yeah? You, you, you know, it's, it's not something that you move around and say, you know, I've got confidence in God. No, we know it when you are tested. We know it when when, when you are before King Nebuchadnezzar. And King Nebuchadnezzar is saying, what, I want everyone to go down and worship my idol. If you don't do that, you're in trouble. That is where we see your confidence. Because those who've got confidence in their God, they will stand up and say, King, live forever. We are not going to bow down to this idol. If our God delivers us, glory be to him. But if he chooses not to deliver us, we are not going to bow down. I have confidence in this God. So your confidence will be tested. Right now, a lot of us are going through different situations in our lives. Your confidence in God is what is being tested. Can you keep? Can you retain your confidence in God? Can you retain your trust, your reliance on God? Can you can you retain your your dependence on God? Or in the heat of the moment, you choose other options. But can I suggest to you, Church of the Living God, this morning? Confidence determines what you get. God is not stingy. God gives to us freely. But the real issue in our journey of faith is, can you keep Can you keep it? Can you retain your confidence? Can you retain your trust in God? Can, can, can you keep your faith? Can you keep your trust in God when, when, when you are right at the entrance to, to, the, to, the, to the den of lions, can you, can you still have confidence in God? When you are on the deathbed, can you still retain your confidence and say, God is my healer, and my faith will not be shaken? Why? Because confidence determines what you get. I'm reminded of Abraham and Sarah, especially when you read according to the book of Hebrews chapter number 11. It says, by faith, Sarah, Abraham and Sarah, even though Sarah's womb was as good as dead, but what did Sarah do? She considered him faithful, the one who gave the promise. That's confidence in God. When you are at a point where something is considered dead, no, no hope for life. But you get to a point where you say, "Lord, you know I believe in the God of Resurrection. When things are dead, I believe in the God who can raise the dead back." That's confidence in God. Church. You may lose other things in your Christian journey, but can I ask you by the message of God, don't lose your confidence in God. Don't lose your confidence in God because confidence determines what you get. And can I ask you to apply this principle not only in a church setup, but can you apply this principle in every area of your life? When you go to your work, when you're executing your job, execute with confidence. Because confidence determines what you get. Some of us, promotion is not coming, not because you don't know your job. You know your job very well, but you don't execute with confidence. Those who've got their own company, sometimes we put a ceiling on ourselves. Why? Because we just want to circle around the the area of comfort. Hey, you need confidence to push yourself and go beyond where you are right now because confidence determines what you get. Whenever you go on your knees to pray, don't throw away your confidence because confidence determines what you get. Trust Him. Trust Him. Even when everything seems to be working against you, I'm saying to say to you, trust Him. Have your confidence in God. This is the confidence that we have in God that when we pray, He hears us. So when I go on my knees and I'm praying, I must have confidence not in my prayers, but confidence in God. A lot of believers, they have confidence in their prayers. (coughs) Because the, the, the way that they pray is shaped so much by religion. Let me put it that way. You think your prayer is more powerful when you shout louder. That it's shaking the, the ceiling and the windows. Let me tell you, your confidence must not be in you praying, but in the one that you are praying to. That is where you need to place your confidence in, because He's a God who. Deacon, I mention the scripture that I like so much? I think Psalm chapter Psalm ninety or something like that, which says, <laughs> "Will ye who planted the ear?" Ninety. 92. will he who planted the ear not hear will he who formed the eye not see so when I'm praying to him I'm saying oh, if he created an ear that I have then this same God can hear if he created these eyes for me to see then he, surely the creator of eyes must be able to see better than I see so therefore I should place my confidence not in what I'm seeing the creation but I must place my faith in the creator. Because confidence determines what you get. Have you learned something this morning? Have you learned something this morning? Tell somebody who's next to you it pays to trust God. Tell, tell them it pays to trust God. Tell them, cast not away your confidence. For it has a great reward. Cast not away your confidence, for it has a great reward. Thank you for tuning into Your Change, a broadcast aimed at revealing grace and empowering transformation. To interact with us, please visit our website at afmimmiltonkeens.org or follow us at Ebenezer Fellowship AFMIM on Facebook instagram and twitter you can also interact with pastor danny on facebook instagram and twitter for easy access the links are in the description until we meet again may heaven keep smiling at you